Have a seat, please. And I just want to welcome all of you here this morning. So James, uh, our other pastor, has already talked about you kids and the responsibility you have. Whenever I say the word light, up goes this. So practice. Let me see. Nice and high. Oh, we've got more lights out there than that. We gave out a lot of bags. Okay, we're getting a little better. And if you need a parent to kind of prompt you, that's okay too, as long as we keep the light flying and helping me out. So it had been a dark time. There were centuries of waiting for this promised Messiah. And then the book of Luke actually tells us what was going on on that quiet Judean hillside as darkness covered the sky. And James read a portion of this earlier. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, watching over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. So after that short trip to visit this newborn king, as these shepherds headed back to their flocks, it must have re really started to sink in as they understood that this baby was going to change everything. This Christmas Eve, I want to divide my thoughts into two sections here in my message. And the first section is we are going to celebrate the truth that Jesus is the light of the world. All right. No, first service were a little slow. You guys are better. So the birth of the baby does change everything. Some of the changes are physical. Some of the changes are more emotional. But this baby was different because this baby changed everything everywhere. And in fact, his birth has become the dividing line for our calendar system and for all humanity. So anyone born before his birth is referred to as B.C. Anything after that is A.D. And whenever that happens, we realize that this baby changed everything. Now, it's difficult for us to understand the waiting game that the Jewish people have been going through here because it's been going on for centuries. And into this dark world, they were desperately in need of God's light to shine. And if we're not careful in this Christmas season, we can allow greed and we can allow Christmas lineups and we can allow a lot of other things to kind of dim our light and create impatience as we wait for everything to happen. And it's especially difficult for children as they wait for Christmas to come because they want to open their presents. And maybe you heard about the 10-year-old who was asked by his parents what he wanted for Christmas. And he said, I want a wristwatch so I can tell the time. And they said, maybe. But he kept bugging them about it. And they said, look, we don't want to hear anything more about this gift. But even leading up to Christmas Eve, he was still saying, remember, I want a wristwatch. So uh, early on Christmas, 
Christmas Eve, his parents said, look, we've had enough. If you tell us one more time, then you're not going to get that watch. And that night, they hosted a family reunion, and they actually asked this 10-year-old boy to pray. And he said, before I pray, I would like to quote a scripture that I have memorized. And that scripture was Mark 13, 37. And he said, what I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. So he still got it in there. So you know, sometimes like, we have our own selfish agenda that we try to advance. And it's in direct opposition to celebrating the light Oh, okay, yeah, we're falling asleep a little. For centuries, the Jewish people had been waiting, wondering when that time would come. And remember the predictions that took place hundreds of years before Jesus was born. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, that James and I have been actually using that for our messages for the past month. But for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And earlier in that same chapter, in verse 2, it said, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Yeah, that's right. Get that. And some 700 years after that prophecy, this all came to fruition. And Jesus came, and this baby changed everything. So it's no coincidence that the birth of this child was announced with a bright morning star, signifying that the real light of the world was born into a dark world. Now these shepherds, they were so moved by the star and the angels and the sight of this newborn baby that the Bible says in verses 17 and 18, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. So Jesus came to call people from darkness into his wonderful light. Yeah, when I hesitate, you know what's coming, don't you? Now, here's what Max Lucado said about Jesus. No one could ever dream a person as incredible as he is. The idea that a virgin would be selected by God to bear himself, the notion that God would put on a scalp and with toes and two eyes, the thought that the king of the universe would sneeze and burp and get bitten by mosquitoes, it's too incredible, too revolutionary. We would never create such a savior. We aren't that daring. When we create a redeemer, we keep him safely distant in his faraway castle. We wouldn't ask him to take up residence in the midst of a contaminated people. In our wildest imaginings, we wouldn't conjure a king who becomes one of us. But God did what we wouldn't dare dream. He became a man so that we could trust him. He became a sacrifice so we could know him. And he defeated death so we could follow him. So this baby really changes everything. Now the second part of what I want to say today is celebrate the truth that you are the light of the world. And yeah, you read that right. You are the light of the world. And how can that be? Because you said that Jesus was the light of the world. So God's word actually says both. You are to be a reflection of what Jesus did. You are to carry his light. And I want you guys, you can just take a break for a moment. I'm going to say a lot of lights over the next minute or two. And then I will call you back into action when I'm ready. 
But it's pretty neat to watch the opening ceremonies of the Olympic Games because you will see the torchbearers carrying a torch and then they will pass that torch on to someone else and they will trust that person with the responsibility to take that torch on to the next person in that lineup. And you know, we as a church are to be united and stand out there and be just like that. We are to celebrate that the light came, but we realize that that light has been handed off to us. And we are entrusted with the responsibility of carrying that light. Matthew 5.14 says, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven." So get your glow sticks ready again, guys. And notice that Jesus doesn't say you are lights of, of the world. He purposefully said you are the light. And we as a church are to be united. We are to stand out so much that Jesus parallels that with us being like a city that is sitting on a hill. We're never to hide. and We're to stand out and be bold. In ancient times, oil was very expensive and it was difficult to get. So the last thing people would do is light a lantern and then put it in a place where it wouldn't stand out, where other people couldn't see from it. The purpose of it was to illuminate everything in that house. If it didn't stand out, it was pointless. And our purpose is to stand out and give God glory by being his presence in this dark world. But we don't always let our light shine for the whole world, do we? And darkness and bitterness and envy can get into our hearts and, and expose all of that. For the teenager, it might be they didn't get the gift that they wanted. So then they're going to pout and they're going to think, I'm going to make everyone else miserable because I didn't get what I want. Or maybe you're at your staff Christmas party and you diminished your light by your behavior. Or you're at the family gathering and you diminish it by just sitting off in the corner looking at your iPhone or maybe it was in the shopping mall and you were rude with the cashier or you might have lost it when you were at a restaurant and you were demanding and picky and then just gave change for a tip or maybe it was at work where you complain because everyone else is off and you're the one holding the fort that day. Instead of being drawn into the darkness this year, won't you celebrate the fact that God's birth brought light in the midst of darkness? Okay, some of you are falling asleep. You see, a baby changes everything. You are to be a shining light, a reflection of his love. And why? So that people will praise you and say, well, isn't she great? Isn't he wonderful? No. It's so that people will praise God and say, isn't God great? Isn't God amazing? I actually had another church prior to HCC, and it was the Church of Christ in Dorn Ridge, New Brunswick. And I was the only pastor, so I led the youth group as well. And Actually, that group was big. I was cool back then. And the, the people the first service didn't believe, so I had to go on and on with an explanation. But you guys just know I was cool then. So I, 
I wanted to teach them a lesson on servanthood one May, and I said, what would Jesus do if he was here? How would he help the seniors in our community? So I sent them off. There were four or five groups of carloads. My carload, we went to a, a senior couple's home, and we did some yard work for them. And then another group did um, some uh, yard work as well. One group bought a Get Well card, and they went to the hospital to visit one of our seniors that was hospitalized. Another group went to the closest nursing home. And I said, what did you do there? And they said, well, we sang Christmas carols. And I said, it's May. I know, but they, they loved it. And But I found out later when we visited there, we go there once a month, it, there was some confusion because they were singing Christmas carols and then their children weren't coming to visit with gifts for Christmas. But then the one other carload was slow arriving back to my house. And when they finally got there, I said, what's going on, guys? And they said, well, we drove by Keswick Valley Baptist Church, and I saw my buddy there, and so he pulled in to say hello. And then their pastor came out, and he said, you know what? There's a senior woman in our church that we wanted to go help, but I can't get anyone to go. And then my guy said, we'll go. So they went, they raked, they mowed her lawn, they trimmed. And then as they were leaving, she said, oh, you kids from Keswick Valley Baptist Church, you're so amazing. And I stopped. And then they got in the car, loaded up, went home. And I stopped them at that part in their story. And I said, why didn't you tell her you were from Dornridge Church of Christ? And my guys were kind of mature. And they said, we really didn't think it mattered. And, and you know, it, it didn't matter. Jesus said, let your light shine, so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your church. No, it, it's not that. Um, maybe it's let your light shine before men that they may actually glorify your denomination. It's not that either. It, it's to actually give glory to God, our Father, who is in heaven. That's the reason. So when you let your light shine, then what you're doing is you're intending for God to get the glory. Because remember what the angels said on that night when they sang. They sang glory to God on the highest. And it wasn't to Mary, even though she was a pure and a godly woman. And it wasn't to Joseph, even though he was a very humble and obedient man. But instead, the light of Christ came into the world so that God would receive the praise and glory. So this baby changed everything. So in closing, I'm just going to ask the servers to go back and prepare for communion. But this Christmas, I want you to find some ways in which you can celebrate and glorify God the Father. When you open your presents, maybe tonight or, or tomorrow morning, would you just uh, take a moment to maybe pray or read Luke chapter 2? Or maybe if you have small children, have them sing happy birthday to Jesus. We did that last weekend at our birthday party for Jesus. Or maybe you could... Uh, then take a Christmas gift to someone and say thank you. And when they say thank you, have the courage to say, I just love this time of year when we celebrate the birth of Jesus. And that's why we're giving you this gift on this special day. 
Or maybe you could get a few $10 gift cards and you could go around your neighborhood to people that are forced to work on Christmas Day, whether it's a gas station or maybe a drugstore. Just give them that card and say, we just wanted to thank you in the name of Jesus for working on this special day. But you do something special on behalf of Jesus Christ. Psalm 18.28 says, You, O Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. So, okay, we've lost you all together. That's all right. (laughs) You did well. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, if you never feel that your light is only shining at half power, then you need to talk to me or you need to talk to our other pastor, James Stevenson, or one of our elders or or one of the other leaders in our church. Don't go out of here today without the assurance of knowing that you are shining your light brightly. That's it. Everybody's got them up there for Jesus Christ. So if you're a guest with us today and you have that relationship with Jesus Christ and his light is shining through you, then please take one of these uh, cups as the trays are passed to you and just hold on to it. I'm going to read a scripture from Philippians chapter 2 and then I will pray and guide us to take those together. So in other words... Adopt the mindset of Jesus the anointed. Live with his attitude in your hearts. Remember, though he was in the form of God, he chose not to cling to equality with God, but he poured himself out to fill a vessel brand new, a servant in new form, and a man indeed, the very likeness of humanity. He humbled himself, obedient to death, a merciless death on the cross. So God raised him up to the highest place and gave him the name above all. So when his name is called, every knee will bow in heaven, on earth, and below. And every tongue will confess, Jesus, the anointed one is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Now we have a tough time giving up anything in our lives. If we have any position of authority, or maybe we're in a position where we're being admired by others, we don't automatically step aside. It's bring on the glory. But here's Jesus, who was sitting at the right hand of God. He had that position in heaven, yet he was willing to give all of that up as the scripture says, to lower himself, to become even lower than the angels, to become one of us. And in doing that, in understanding what it was like to live as a human being, in able to understand what it was like to be tempted as one of us, then he went to the cross and died as one of us. But the amazing thing is, even though here we are celebrating the birth of Jesus, We know the rest of the story. I don't know if you're familiar with Paul Harvey, but his news, he always said, and then the rest of the story. But we have the rest of the story. And we know that that baby grew to be a perfect man. He lived a perfect life, died on the cross as that perfect sacrificial lamb, and then went into the grave. And when he was placed in that grave, his enemies thought, Victory! We've won. The Son of God has been killed and put in that tomb. 
But three days later, God had the rest of the story. There was still more to that story, and he brought Jesus back to life again. And that's why we're here today, almost 2,000 years later. That's why we celebrate this Christmas Eve together. 